Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey, no like and trust builders. Today, I'm going to be talking with Chris Creed. We're going to be talking all about the power of story and also putting on events. And if you're like me and you initially did not see the connection, don't worry, we're going to get there. But first, Chris is a longtime entrepreneur and an expert in event marketing and sales. He helps podcasters, course creators, and coaches create and launch powerful events that sell. After decades of being a performer, event photographer, running his own in-person events, selling out shows for theaters and artists, and being a live event addict, events are in his DNA. No, seriously, his grandmother was an actual P.T. Barnum-style showman who sold out shows for a traveling circus. And P.S., how cool is that? Chris has helped dozens of entrepreneurs grow and scale their business with events. He is on a mission to help 10,000 people do the same so they can spread their message and have the freedom to live the life they want. So now that you know Chris's background, we're going to dive straight into our conversation because it's packed with a lot of juicy nuggets. And even if you have no intention of putting on an in-person event, this is still the podcast for you. And you're going to hear why if you hang out for the first like five or 10 minutes, we're going to cover my own personal aversion to in-person events. And you'll hear Chris's take on that as well. Chris, I'm so excited to have you on the Know, Like, and Trust show. Hey, Brittany, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. So tell me about story and what story means to you and your business, to your clients, and generally to the online marketing world. Yeah. I mean, I think stories are everything. You know, I always think about like like everything we do in this space, in the online marketing space, and just in general and in marketing and, and actually just everything. It's all like stuff that we made up, right? So like... There's things though at the root of all of it that keep it ticking, right? That keep, make it work. And I feel like once you understand what those things are, it makes a lot of stuff a lot easier. And story is one of those things. Story is something that's been a part of our everything, you know, every, every part of our culture forever and ever and ever and always. And it's not going to ever change. It's just one of those things. It's like, it's just not going to change. Like how, like we all need to drink water that like, that's, that's not going to change. It's that level of depth. And so, you know, when I was starting in marketing way back when I named my agency story, well marketing. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to convey, or I had this image in my mind that like, if we all had like a well to go to, that was like story rich for our business that that would be like the most valuable well ever for a business owner, right? I love that analogy. That is, see, I, I thought it was just like, hey, let's do stories well. <laughs> you know what I mean? That works too. I know. I went back and forth with that for sure. Because it, it is like t- how to tell great stories well is also in my head too. But I that at the root of it, like I wanted, I was thinking about that angle of like, if I had something it, like we all, I believe we all should have stories in our tank that we can just go grab and bring to the table to use in our, in our marketing. And the reason it works is, as you know, and probably a lot of people listening is because, you know, people need, in order to like stop what they're doing, they need a trigger, right. To, to, to make that happen. Like to, like if we're going to stop somebody in their tracks and get them to pay attention to us that they don't know, then a cool way to do that is to use something that 
they're familiar with, right? Stories, it's always going to draw people in. And so being able to do that well is valuable for, for those reasons. So I'm sure you already know this. I'm in huge agreement. I use a ton of stories in my own marketing. And for me, it's just the way I relate, right? So I think in the online marketing world, you know, for so long, people were like, just turn on Facebook ads, you'll be fine. And the whole time, I've just always felt like, you know, I'm willing to give someone, you know, a small amount of money without knowing who they are. But if we're talking about any sizable amount of money, I, I want that kind of feeling of who they are. And I am not one of those people saying that you have to live your entire life online to do so. But I want to know what you value. And I think stories are such an easy way for anybody, even if you're not a great storyteller, I feel like they're a really easy way to share your values in a way that makes sense to people. And through our personal experiences, it's really hard to hide who we are, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, if people believe it. Like, if you can tell a story around it, like, okay, so here, here's an example, right? Like, one of the things that kind of bridged the gap for me in this space and, and specifically with putting on like a webinar, for example, was I've heard people talk about it over and over again. Like, you got to tell stories in this way. You got to do it in this kind of way to get people to buy at the end of a webinar. So just as an example, right? And I couldn't wrap my head around what the heck that meant. Like, it just seemed so just like not concrete to me. And then I did my first webinar. And what happened was that I got on there and I told a story of an actual experience that I had with the thing that I was selling at the end. And that's when it clicked to me of like, oh, like I, I think I was imagining like I needed to make up this perfectly crafted story, but no, I needed to tell a true story that that showed people, like actually showed them because they're listening because they're engaged in the story, but then they're also seeing that I'm telling the truth and here's proof via a story. And that's really all it is. So there's a ton of research. Again, I'm sure you know this, but as human beings, we put so much emphasis on anecdotes and totally ignore like legitimate real statistics. I'm not talking about the made up statistics out there, but you know, we do this and I think that can be abused. Certainly. I know we're not talking about abusing it here, but I love what you just said. Like all I really needed to do is just tell a real story of how this thing actually worked. And as marketers, you know, we, we love throwing jargony terms out there and that's all a case study is. You don't need to like know the rocket science of case studies. You just need a story that demonstrates what you're talking about and shows that there's a different kind of result on the other end. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, the demonstration story is like the most powerful sales tool that we have, you know, like, because you can just say, here, look at it. Like it's also would make a really compelling ad, anything where you can just tell, yeah, a true story. And people can, you know, people will tell, they can tell like it's, you're telling the truth. Like we, our sensors for, for BS are very, very strong. Right. And so don't lie about it. And if you don't have proof, then go get the proof and then just bring it to the table. Right. Cause it's, it's, it really is that simple. Cause I hear that a lot. We're like, I don't have any like experience doing this. We're like, well, why are we selling it first of all? But then second of all, just go do it. Like, like, okay, here's another example of this just for that little segment. Then we can move on. But like I had an acquaintance who he's in wedding photography world. Like I used to be a wedding photographer for a long time. And he wanted to start photographing destination weddings, like in these really epic places and stuff like that. He didn't have any 
proof though. He didn't have any like images to show. He didn't have any way to sell it, right? Other than like, hey, let me come shoot. How, you can pay me for it, and, but you don't know if I can actually do it. He just did it for free. He said, okay, hey, I'll shoot. I will come and I will shoot your wedding for free. And now he has a portfolio of that. And now he's getting paid lots and lots of money to go do it. He went and got the proof. You know what I mean? And so we have to do the same thing with stories and our business and what we sell. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right. So let's shift gears just a little bit, because I know that you're going full throttle on events. And when I first heard that, or probably read that, actually, I should say, uh, I was like, yeah, um, hard pass. I don't want to do in-person events. It just doesn't fit with my lifestyle. And also it seems stressful and I get peopled out pretty quickly. So all of the things were like, no. And then I realized that you meant more than just that. So Tell me one, how you came about into this like world, but also, you know, how you're using it, how you're talking about it. Thank you for saying that. Cause I understand that. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think the answer is then it maybe don't, you know, don't do in-person events, just do them however you want. But yeah, I do what I, when I'm talking about events, it's tough because like, you know, I decided to focus full bore on this in January of 2020 and Ooh. I was, and I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. Super, super great time to get into uh, to events and, and helping people, you know, create an offer to sell it. So, but I was actually at an event and this, I'll, I'll tell you why, how I got into this and then, I'll, then we'll talk about the varying events and, and how I think they're all the same. But I was at Funnel Hacking Live and the Russell Brunson was on stage. Just He was speaking on stage. I've heard everything he's ever said, right? Um, and... I was, so I was like kind of half listening. I was paying attention. I was trying to absorb, but I, I kind of knew what he was talking about, but he threw up a slide and he said something at the same time that I, that just like jarred me out of any, anything I was thinking right that moment. He said, he was talking about like stories again and these epic stories and, and how oftentimes in these, um, in these stories that we love so much, like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and things like that. There's, there's a moment where the hero is called to a journey that they don't quite understand. And for whatever reason in that moment, like it was the weirdest thing, like tears started welling up in my eyes. I was like, what is happening? And I looked around and Russell's on stage and there's 4,000 people in the crowd and he is impacting all of them all at once. Right. And then I saw all of those 4,000 people stand up on their stage and impacting their own crowd. And I saw it was an exponential impact that was happening right in front of me, right? And I couldn't unsee that. It was that moment for me. I knew in that moment that I was going to spend my time, my energy, my efforts, helping people stand up on their stage, whether it's virtual, in person, in person, that is what I was thinking at the time. But whatever it is, just having the confidence to stand up on your personal stage so that you can create that impact. Impact that you will never see right? Because it's going to happen after you and through other people. Amazing. And so that moment for me was an inciting incident, just like in a, in a story where I walked through a door that I couldn't walk back out of. And I went to work on it and I wanted to help people create, basically take what they have and create an instant high ticket offer that included an in-person event where they come, they learn from you directly at the event. It was going to be super cool. And then COVID destroyed that. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have predicted it, let's be honest, but That's right. How did you feel? I'm just I'm just curious. I mean, I know a lot of people made the pivot. I know the whole world hates the word pivot now. I understand that part. But like, 
what you were talking about and what you were envisioning kind of got kneecapped in that moment or or did it i mean you're still here a year and a half later still still talking about it so well i mean the principles are still the same right in my the idea even more so now is still powerful because like i think more than ever we need people to be standing up and helping people and that's that's never going to change so that that core piece of it is stuck and for whatever reason it's lodged in me and i can't get it out but for the event thing i mean it felt like a like i don't know what to do and i remember having a conversation with my coach julie stoyan at the time i was like what am i like i i understand what happens and what people are talking about right now i feel like everybody's going to be talking about virtual events i how do i tie this in and it was all about returning to that that centered piece of like what the vision was really, which was helping people impact people, you know, and make some money doing it. And so for me, as much as it was like a, well, this is not going to work out like I thought it was, I just went right into, through my own virtual event that was all about building your virtual stage. And then I uh, just started doing webinars, which I would also consider an event. We could talk about that too. But yeah, I just, just rolled with it. And I think, I mean, what else can we do, right? Well, yeah, I mean... (laughs) You can bury your head in the sand and hope it goes away, but I think we both know how successful that particular uh, strategy would be. But when you're talking about, you know, impacting, you know, a large, you know, group of people, I, I totally get what you're saying. You know, I think we've both been and probably most of the audience has been at a live event where you just feel something. And, you know, you even said it like you had tears welling up your eyes. I, I would imagine it was a full body like feel like and I think we've all been in that moment. And maybe it wasn't for business. Maybe it was for something personal. Maybe it was something that happened to you many, many years ago. Maybe it was recently, but we've all been there. And and I do think in-person events are going to allow for that experience far more than a virtual event is. I have definitely personally sat through a webinar where it like smacked me in the face and I was, you know, reacting with like a, oh my goodness. And and sometimes it's a, how did I not put these two pieces together before? Other times it's like something that completely came out of the blue and just gobsmacked me. I'm like, that is a whole new avenue I never considered. So like I can still have them in, in virtual settings, but I will agree with you. You know, there's that, that element of connection that being in person offers that you're just going to climb a mountain to get to it virtually. Yeah. Well, you know, like I, I grew up in events. I, I was always on a, on a stage. I was a, a performer and musician. I have a degree in, in music and vocal performance. Like that was my life for a long time. And then I entered into event photography and we were in the behind the scenes of producing these events and sometimes big conferences as well. So the value of all of those things and, and what, how the, the advantage of it is that we get to control the senses, right? Like as a, as a producer, which we all are, if it was our own event, if we're throwing it in person, like they're thinking about every element of that and trying to control the experience as much as possible, especially if there's something to sell at the end, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but if it's, it, it's, it's a trans, it becomes transformational because we can't go anywhere else. We're locked in almost, you know, and it, that's intentional. But yeah, for virtual events, what has to happen is we have to amp up that experience, not to try to recreate it because you can't, you cannot recreate an in-person event. You can't, like, even if I was watching a movie, like, or, or like even on the TV, right? Like, it's not the same as going to see it in the theater. It's just not. And so, right. So like, but like you said, like, that doesn't mean that we can't provide 
an inciting incident where they're, they're, they're walking through the story, they're comfortable, they're doing whatever that your customer is. And then all of a sudden they hear something that they can't unhear and you provided that to them and they have to go forward into it. I, I, going back to Lord of the Rings, I like to think of it like, you know, Frodo's in the Shire, he's hanging out, the grass is nice and soft, they have beer there. He doesn't want to leave, he's comfortable, right? But he gets called to an event, adventure, he puts on the ring, he, he understands that he has to be the one to deliver it to Mordor or whatever. And for, for whatever reason, it shocks him out of the, the, the monotony of, of the comfort enough to go on the adventure. And that's what we have to do, whether it's in a, a webinar or a really good sales page or um, a, a sales you know video, or maybe it's even throughout your, your content or whatever. We have to get good at providing inciting incidents for people. Events just so happen to be a really powerful way to do that. So I have a couple, I, maybe they're harder questions. It's, it's more just I'm of two minds about that in-person experience because I think a lot of the big name people have been called out for maybe controlling the event experience too much. I know like Tony Robbins, for example, like he'll deliberately change the temperature in the room and make it, you know, uncomfortable for people. And, you know, they'll have people almost gatekeeping, like, no, you really can't leave right now. And I'm sure if push came to shove, you know, someone's leaving, right? But, um, you know, they're maybe coerced just a little bit to stay. And, you know, things like that, they, those things cross my ethical boundaries, like hardcore. And, you know, I've, I've actually been in one of those, like, you know, three-day conferences where, you know, it's like Friday's all great, Saturday's all great, and then Saturday night comes the real big pitch and everyone's all emotional. And the first time I experienced that, I was, I mean, knock me over with a feather, I was pissed. You know what I mean? And it was a definitely a high ticket sell. And no, I did not buy. I was so angry about it. And from that day forward, I've been like, I don't want to ever be on the other side of that. And I would absolutely admit that probably colors my opinion of ever putting on an event. But I've also been a part of, you know, mastermind, like quarterly, you know, meetups in person. And I feel like I've gotten way more done in, you know, a one day, you know, meetup or a two day meetup with people I normally don't see in person, but we kind of know each other. And, you know, those kinds of times have definitely shaped the course of my business moving forward in a very positive way. So it's like, I, I like them, but I'm very nervous, I guess, is probably the best way to say it. Like, how, what, what's your opinion on all of that? Okay, there's a difference. And I think there's going to be a stronger move to this. You know, just like we were saying with stories, there are some things that are always going to be at our, for lack of a better word, disposal to use as marketers and salespeople. Does that mean that we should use it? Like those things being like human emotions, like we, we, we can, you can tug and pull and tug on that. There's a, there's a line for that though. So in an overall sense, do I think that like making somebody like super crazy emotional and tell them that their life is going to suck if they don't buy this thing or whatever, like, no, 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 that's awful. That's like the equivalent of being on stage as a used car salesman. I hate that. But I do believe that all of us have beliefs that are keeping us locked in a, in a place. And so when I say inciting incident and events can bring that for people, what I mean is like what I experienced at that conference, because there was a pitch at that conference and I did not buy either, but I was interested in what the delivery of that. I had already gotten my payoff from the event. You know what I mean? So all of that aside, I think us 
as marketers and business people, we have to figure out what is holding people back. Like what is the, like the biggest things that are holding them back and then help them overcome them. If it's the right time, if somebody doesn't want to go forward, they will not go forward. Like it doesn't matter how much we push and pull, like you're just going to piss them off. Like, so deliver your, the things that you need to deliver in an ethical way to and via, via stories and whatnot to help them see, like have that aha moment that you were talking about, like, whoa, I never put those two things together. Then all of a sudden, like the belief that I can't do this is gone. And this new thing of like, whoa, I kind of, kind of want to do this is there. And if you have something to sell, then they would probably buy it. Or you could do it like you were saying, like, you know, I, I just like for people to take action, whether that's going on to the next step, or maybe it's a high ticket event or something like that, or a mastermind or whatever. And we get together and we actually do the thing, right? Either way, they need to take action at the end, but it has to be, has to be ethical. You can't be a, you know, whatever about it. It's just, it's messed up. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you agree. I knew you were going to obviously go into or I wouldn't have thrown that out there. But I like what you said that it has to be something that they already desire inside. They just have this, you know, big stumbling block in front of them and you have to give them that bridge to either go over the stumbling block or, you know, a sledgehammer to break through it. Right. And, and I absolutely agree. Being able to do that with actual people support sitting next to you across from you beside you is going to be a better way to do it than a Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because it, 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 it does create a different environment. You know, you think, think about a webinar, for example, like the, the framework of a typical webinar, I think works in event form. And that's what I teach people to do is like, how can we bridge the gap, like deliver on a promise over a period of time, whether it's through an hour webinar or a two day event where we take them from where they are to where they want to go. And then either move forward into a program or move forward into action. We're like, Hey, now it's time to do this workshop time. Let's make it happen. You know what I mean? But if, if you think about a webinar, it interrupts people's daily rhythm. Like if, if they're taking the time out of their day to show up, to watch this hour and a half presentation, then it's, it's an interruption, you know, just like um, a normal event would. So that, that's why I see them as the same way. And it, and it should be good. You should deliver value on there. You know, I think there's a lot of people saying, not to teach on webinars and stuff like that. I don't think we should overteach, but I think they, they should be able to leave knowing that, wow, that was really good. And that's, that's, I like to receive messages after presentations where people are like, that was awesome. I didn't buy anything, but it was awesome. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's more rewarding almost than people signing up. I'll just keep doing that because I like it. Yeah. I am totally cool with those messages. So long as they go and take action. Yes, exactly. The ones who say that was great. I didn't buy and then just sit on it. I don't know. I, half the time I feel like the action, you know, the purchase that they, they make at the end of it is literally just to ensure they do take that action. And and you're right. You know, I, I love that, you know, if you have the right balance of teaching and the right length of a webinar presentation, you are interrupting their day, you are getting their attention, but you are going to help them make that progression. Yeah. The cool thing about that is, is that if you actually help people, they're more likely to buy anyway. Right. So like, it's a win, win, win all around. And I mean, that's been true for me. And so I would just much rather do that. Like I used to do webinars in this room and there's a, there's a wall right in front of me and the, I, I used to tape up a, a piece of paper right in front of me that said, show up and help people. And that's all like, I, I would just focus on that. And then I would go to present. And then that's all I would think about. I wasn't worried about the pitch or anything. Like I just wanted to show up and help people. And if you come at anything 
from that perspective, you're going to feel better one. And then two, you're probably going to see some results from it, you know? Absolutely. Um, Chris, I think that's a really good place to kind of close things out. That was a great way to kind of sum it up. Where can people find you online? Yeah. So I spend most of my time on Instagram posting stuff all the time. And then if you want to, you know, you want to chat with me about this, I have uh, the ability to you have the ability to do that for free. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I just like talking to people about events. So if you want to go and do that, it's chriscreedcall.com. Chriscreedcall.com, all one word. Um, or you can find me at chriscreed.net because .com is taken, but it's coming. I know, so hard. But all right, Chris, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time here. Awesome. Thanks, Brittany. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Again, thank you so much, Chris. This was a really great discussion. Chris also had me on his podcast recently. And you guys, I got to tell you, our back and forth is so fun. I love talking with people who are so passionate about their subject. And yes, I do take guest submissions for the No Like and Trust show, but you have to go to my website and use the form. I am getting so many submissions these days. Unfortunately, a lot of them are not great. They're clearly copy and paste jobs. But So go to the form, follow the instructions, nominate yourself or a friend that you think would be a great fit for the show. And doing that will help you share your passion with more people. It'll help our audience gain that insight as well. And ultimately, you know my opinion on this, a rising tide does lift all ships. Let's get that going and get more great information out there.